you got to go be with Jesus. You got to be with Jesus. And all the great spiritual writers that have come before us have said that one thing. It is Jesus that is the source. And if you are not tapped into that, your ministry is going to dry up and die. And that's what leads to things like burnout. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm your host, Ty Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Let's get started. Hi, Ty. How we doing? Good to see you again. I'm doing okay. It's it's great to see you. Happy Lent. Happy Lent. Has it been Ooh. the spiritual workout uh, that we're all hoping it would be? I think so. I, I stole your... Is it penance? Is, is that what we're... Is that yeah. like when you give yeah. something up... So, Penance? Yeah. Well, I stole yours. And it's been a real battle giving up snacks. (laughs) I didn't think that I was a big snacker until I decided this Lent I was going to give up snacks. And then it turns out, or maybe it's just like saying don't think about zebras and suddenly that's all you can think about. But as soon as I gave up snacks, I realized I want them all, all of them, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I can imagine you fighting all your kids for their snacks. <laughs> um, I, I will say they eat a lot of snacks, and then I'm just sitting there going like, man, I'd eat that applesauce right up now. I'd do it. Them fig bars? Get me some fig bars. Yeah, it's it's tough because they need a lot of snacks just to just to keep the grumpies away, and uh, and so I'm Ooh. constantly surrounded by them. So it's it's a real crucible, and I'm, I'm suffering. <laughs> but well, it's it's all good. <laughs> like any good Catholic, you know what, you know what to do with your sufferings. What do, I, what do you do with those? You offer them up. Come oh, on, bro. I thought you just wept bitterly. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Oh, Martha, Martha. <laughs> well, hey, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're going to dive in with a, a story just to kind of introduce our topic for today. And uh, we're kind of continuing in those three pillars. So I, I want to tell a story about one of the first ministries I was ever professionally in charge of. And the group, it was a really clever title. It was a group of guys that met in the morning. I was the campus minister at a Catholic uh, at a Catholic high school, and I met with this group of uh, teen guys every morning or every Thursday morning, early in the morning before school started. And the group was cleverly called Guys Group, and I love this group. I love talking about them because initially this was a group that for me, um, not the people, but the fact that I had to do this ministry, I really resented. I was I was not a I was not a morning person and this this group started over an hour before the school day started, which meant I had to get up a full hour earlier. We're talking the five o'clock hour, and I'm just coming out of college, so I wasn't in shape for that kind of stuff. I really resented it. And as a result, I probably didn't formally put myself into it. And also I would say that um, my true reconversion to the faith, my deeper conversion to the faith hadn't happened yet. And so for my part, all I was doing was trying to figure out what all the popular speakers were doing, um, the way they were talking to people about Jesus, uh, the way they were trying to evangelize. And I would just use their phrases. I'd read their books, and I'd try to share that with these guys. And and over time, what I found was that, I say it all the time, that, that guy, the teens can smell BS a mile away. And I, I wasn't fully into it. They could sense that. And this group went from being a pretty thriving group that had been there 
down to just two, uh, two, two gentlemen who were too stubborn to quit. And they stuck around. Um, but in the meantime, I, I had a really powerful experience that brought me into my faith in a deeper way, made me desire to be the kind of man that I was trying to be, this man that had a heart for the Lord. And when that happened, I suddenly realized that I had no idea what I was doing. And it, it was at that moment that I really began to say, you know what, we're going to scrap the content that I had planned. And I say, I actually stopped trying so hard for this group. And that is the moment when suddenly God started to use it. I said, I'm not going to worry too much about reading the books, seeing what all the popular speakers are saying. I'm just going to show up in the chapel before they get there. I'm going to pray for them before the Lord, intercede and just say, Lord, you take the conversation from here. And since I was going through a really deep conversation, it became something where I was just sharing what the Lord was doing in my life. right? And this was really a fruit of the discernment that I had where um, I was looking around and I was trying to uh, figure out what God wanted me to do with my ministry because I knew that what I had been doing with my life up until then wasn't quite doing it. And so desiring to do it the way the Lord asked us to, which is just to hand it over to him. And so I start just going and praying for these guys. And all of a sudden, these two guys that are there become four guys. And suddenly there's six guys and then 10 and then 20. And regu- then regularly we have um, up to 20 young men in high school that are showing up around 7 a.m. in the morning just to hang out, to talk about their faith, to pray together. And that for me was this really beautiful moment of realizing what the most important part of any ministry really is, which is the discernment. It's the prayer that goes on behind the scenes, this this um, silent part of the ministry that happens and kind of cultivates the ground before that happens. And so that's what we're going to talk to That's what we're going to talk about today is this idea of discernment and the role that it plays in ministry. And that is the second part of that first pillar of the Catholic Ministry Professionals Framework. And so if you remember from last week, we did talk about those three pillars, intentional conversation, intentional infrastructure, the way that you do the things you do, and then intentional development, the way that you grow. Or as we like to say it, it's better conversations, it's better space and time, and it's just a better you. So today, let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about more of that intentional conversation. We break it out into several pieces. Today, the most important important part of the intentional conversation that you need to have is the conversation you're having with the Lord. And this is something that took me longer than I care to admit to realize, but that all fruitful ministry has as its presumption, a really deep interior life. That is your relationship with the Lord. Uh, there's a great a great book that came out. It's called The Soul of the Apostolate, and it's by a man named uh, Jean-Baptiste Chotard, and he's French, and I'm probably saying that wrong, so my apologies to everybody. But uh, The Soul of the Apostolate, and it's a book that I picked up on early in my ministry. Somebody, I heard a man talking about it, and I thought, well, I better read that. I better find out that's about And it was so convicting for me that I said, I'm not ready for this book. I'm going to put it down, and I'm going to come back to it later. Uh, but what it really what it really talks about is how no ministry will be fruitful if it is not first rooted in a deep interior life, a deep life of prayer. And so we what it what he even goes on to say at, at, at different times he says, if you are not connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, if your ministry is not rooted in Jesus, then it is not Jesus's ministry. And if it's not Jesus's ministry, the Father actually owes it to his son to end your ministry. Wow. 
Yeah, and that that's what I was experiencing with this guys group is that it wasn't my it wasn't Jesus's ministry. I was just trying to be kind of a cool hip uh, campus minister, and because it wasn't focused on Jesus, it whittled down. Guys stopped showing up. What a what a testament though. If you think about it, when you were talking about you know looking up the the latest speaker or what they were doing or you know what maybe the latest fad like how do I keep these kids entertained because that's what they want but yet all you were doing was comparing yourself to the other ministries and it wasn't until you put Jesus at the forefront you know the 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 alpha where he so rightfully needs to be that it started to flourish like what a what a testament yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you know, we talk all the time and we tell the, the, the teens this all the time. We tell the youth, well, we tell the adults too, you are the saint that God is calling, right? You, you are done in an unrepeatable way with an unrepeatable set of skills to offer the kingdom. And at that time, I, I wasn't utilizing the skills that God gave me. I wasn't utilizing the stories, the, the mission. I, I just wasn't leaning into the actual relationship God was calling me to in himself. And so, I, I, once I started to do that, though, then I saw the fruit that that um, that the author was talking about in the Soul of the Apostle, and and it, it's a it's an interesting book. It's a good read, but he just keeps coming back around to that, and he's like, and he just keeps saying like, it has to be rooted in Jesus. That is the bedrock of fruitful ministry. It is that interior life that is formed in relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Some of the things that 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 are, can be really helpful for cultivating that in relation to your your ministry and how this being the most important conversation that we have, right? And, and Jesus tells us about this in Matthew 6, 33. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well, right? Seek first the kingdom. I mean, it's written everywhere. We know this. It, and, and I think it's funny because a lot of times in ministry, I've found that if someone were to come to me with a difficult situation, I could probably look at that with the eyes of the church and say, this is what you should do. But it's so often, it's the last thing that I want to do personally, right? It's like how we know that we're supposed to forgive others when they hurt us. Yep. And it's easy to tell other people that that's what they should do. But anytime somebody cuts you off in traffic, oh, it's on. <laughs> suddenly it's a really hard thing to do. Yep. You know, so yeah, seek first his kingdom. And, that, and it, it doesn't get more simple than that. But that has to be the absolute focal point of your ministry. That is number one. Yes, there are other pieces, but all those other pieces will fall short. They will not be as fruitful if it is not the ministry that God has specifically called you in and to do using the gifts that he's given you in order to um, implement his mission, in order to build his kingdom. And so just a few things, um, kind of talking about what what this discernment means. What does that even look like? And so for me, that's been different things at different times in my ministry. And I can think of when I was first beginning, that discernment was really what was happening with Guys Group. It was, I just need to start praying more. Like, I need to really figure out this relationship with Jesus so that I can share it with others. And I realized God was calling me to just share really authentically what he was doing in my life. Right? And that's kind of a basic witness you know, this is what God is doing in my life. And that's actually one of the most powerful ways to witness to people. But as I've matured in my faith and as I've grown, there's been different times where a different scripture might pop out at me. And so there were literally two years, one of these, uh, this last parish that I worked at, where it was John 15, right? The vine and the branches abide in me 
abide in me. And I knew that God was calling me in that parish to help people to abide with him. And so everything that I did, you know, if, if I was not sure what the next step was, I knew I could go back to that scripture. I could read that chapter and I could really get a sense of, Lord, is this honoring what you have called me to do, which is to help everyone to abide with you in this parish? And so when we'd have parents get together, you'd hear things like, our family's praying more, right? That's amazing fruit, right? And they might be frustrated. (laughs) They'd literally be complaining about how much harder what we were trying to do, right? How much harder is this program? Well, yeah, it it is harder to do it this way. But then in the same breath, they go, I guess if you have to look at something positive, we are praying more together as a family. Great. (laughs) That's, That's the thing. That's what we're trying to do. You know, so everything then can come can be about this. And and I don't want I don't think people should overthink it too. A lot of times what God is doing in your interior life is often the thing he is calling you to do in the mission field if you are called to mission. Oftentimes, right? And there's obviously there's there's lines there that you need to to know and you need to have some discernment um about that. And so I would also recommend too, if you're trying to discern the mission that God is calling you to, if you're trying to discern what the focus is in this given year of ministry or this this particular uh, season that you're in, if you're working in professional ministry, you should have some form of a spiritual director. And, and it maybe doesn't need to be a formal spiritual director, um, but I really would recommend having someone that can be in that place. And maybe it's a pastor that you know has a keen spiritual intuition because there are times where there are times where you might think that um well I think God really wants me to focus on this particular aspect of of what we're doing in our ministry and you might realize when you're talking to your spiritual director that the reason you're wanting to look at that is actually based out of fear maybe you're hearing a lot of not even a lot but some negative feedback about this one area oh well, for example, right, there, there was one time uh, we were transitioning the pay structure in our parish. And as we were doing that, I began to hear some whispers from some people who didn't like the way we were doing that. So for me to be able to go, oh, now I'm afraid, you know, I might, I might get afraid that that's going to come back on me, or I might be afraid of sharing um, this really is the best thing to go forward, or me even afraid to discuss it with those people. Well, if I can go to my spiritual director and I say, I'm afraid of this, well, he can very easily, or, or she can really easily say to me, well, fear is not the voice of the Lord, right? That is not the voice of our Lord. And so if that's what, what the source of this thought process is, this way that you're considering, then you can probably dismiss it because God yeah. doesn't speak in fear. So just having someone who's kind of on the outside of the situation that can help you to, to discern it. The other thing I would say is that it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, there was a great book that came out a while ago. Father Mike Schmitz um, wrote it with, uh, with another couple. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. If you have prayed, right, you have discerned. Sometimes there's not a clear one is right and the other is wrong. Sometimes you're choosing two good things. Just pick one, right? Pick right. one and move forward. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things, and, and that's not good either. And then we just never make a move forward. Pray, decide and then don't worry like move forward because because God is with you in this and my experience has been often if it's discerned and it's clear that God has not stopped it from happening or in some ways or he hasn't closed doors oftentimes there's an invitation there to try it and and I 
we're not called to success all the times. Often we're just called to be faithful. And that success, that fruit that, that comes out of that, then is the Lord's. And it doesn't always look like worldly success. So I, I just think we try to keep it simple, right? Stick with scripture. Um, seek a spiritual director that can help you to kind of suss out what is the direction that, that you're being called to. And then always, right? Then the, the, the beautiful thing about that is that it gives you um, kind of an explanation, right? That's First Peter. Um, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. It gives you something to share with people as you go and as you begin to minister in the world, especially as you're pivoting, right? To say like this, the Lord is with us in this and to be able to share that with people. I don't know. Can you think of in your own experience, just how the mission on your life, kind of your own discernment of what God has called you to, how has that formed your approach I just think it's, it's no BS. You know, God doesn't want you to dilly dally. You know, he, he wants decisive followers. He doesn't want you to say, well, I kind of like this about that Jesus guy, but I really want to do this. Or, you know, I, I appreciate that the Catholic church says this, but I think they're a little bit off. So in my own personal experience, you know, with my conversion and then reversion, everything that is good is when I made that decision, you know, do I follow Jesus Christ or not? And maybe we get into this in future episodes, but the first time I told my mom that I was going to convert from Buddhism, which is our family tradition to Christianity, she said, well, okay, that's fine, um, but I'm going to disown you. So that was a shock to me. So being disowned within the Asian culture is very, very, like, that's number one, you respected your parents. So being disowned was a huge deal. So it took another couple of years for me to finally say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you take care of my mom. And so when I decided that I was going to become a Christian, uh, at the time I didn't know I was going to be Catholic, I told her and she, you know, it was a, a completely different tone. It was, well, whatever. So God in that time that I was praying and, and, and I had decided that I was going, going to convert had worked on my mom's heart. Now it still is a very difficult conversation that we try not to bring up, but I was not disowned. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I, I like that you say that too. It was the time you were praying. Yeah. Right. The time spent cultivating what the Lord was calling you to do. You know, the way he, you allowed him to cultivate the space around you as well. And I'm sure we'll get to this in other episodes, just times that you've had to defend the faith, uh, being in a particular part of the country in, in Northwest Iowa, where there is a strong, um, a, I would, I'll say it anti-Catholic kind of vibe oh, yeah. in a lot of the non-Catholic community in, in this area. So I'm sure we'll get into those other times. We're kind of going a little longer than we'd <laughs> normally like to. So we should move on to our next segment, Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this. As you were talking about, you know, the, those intentional conversations, you know, I'm going to let the Lord work on them. You know, I'm, I don't, I don't want to talk to him. I don't, I don't have that charism like you were talking about. 
I'm just going to, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to let them do theirs. You know, as a, you know, being the devil's advocate here, do I really need to talk to him? You know, I'm just going to do my thing. Who cares? Preach always, if necessary, use words. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't get me started. I think to, to answer my own devil's advocate question or scenario, I'm, I'm going to go back to the, the verse that you mentioned at the top of the show, John 15, with the vine, you know, and, and that analogy. What happens when you don't produce good fruit? Right? You, you mentioned it. If we don't keep Jesus, you know, in the, the, the soul of the apostolate, if you don't keep Jesus in the, the middle or in the forefront of what you're doing, God's going to take that ministry away from you. So if you're not talking to those people, if you're not communicating, if you're not trying to bring them closer to Jesus, or at least if all you're doing is trying to fill a seat in confirmation class or whatever other class, um, if they don't get closer to Jesus, God's going to take that ministry away from you. If you don't produce fruit, you will be chopped down. You will be thrown into the fire. I mean, very blunt is the Lord. So having those uncomfortable conversations, communicating it in a manner that dis, you know, dispels that um, awkward, just really dirty, if you want to say dirty, uh, feeling that you get when you start talking about, you know, changes in pay or changes in the structure of, of how you're teaching or, you know, any of that, once you communicate it, I think it takes away any of those whispers of the devil or um, any of those bad spirits that are trying to sway your mind into um, feeling some type of way. I think once you come into the, to that spirit of decision and then explaining it well, that is going to be so powerful. Now, I'm not saying, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory but you will be at peace. Everybody will know where you're at as far as why you're doing what you're doing. And, and you know, that it is driving people to Jesus versus just saying, well, this is the way that we've always done it. Or, you know, I'm not going to change anything because it's worked for 30 years, you know, things like that. I, I just go back to that analogy of the, the vine, like you have to produce fruit and, why don't you talk to those people? Well, you kind of have to. We are one body, right? We are one church. Let's work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and absolutely, we we are one body, right? And we we get that mission, right? We 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 have to work together. But what comes from that intentional discernment then is a clarity, right? that allows us to shine the light of Jesus, right? The devil plays in the dark. You know, we know <laughs> we know when parishioners are talking bad about this, that, or the other thing. Somebody always comes forward. We always find out about those things. But being able to speak with clarity about this is what Jesus is calling us to do shines a light on those things so that the devil can't play with it anymore. Again, he only plays in the dark. Jesus is the light. We shine that light. He's got nowhere to play. And it, it, it allows us to be able to move forward more confidently, more practically, and more intentionally into the mission that God is calling us to do. 
And so I think that leads us to our our, our actionable step for this uh, for this podcast. And I think what I would like to ask you to do is to try and take a moment just to write down one to two sentences about what God is calling you to do in the parish. Um, keep it to one to two sentences. Sometimes you ask somebody like, what's this big, like, what's the vision? What's the mission? And you'd see like a paragraph or an entire page. This is what God's calling us to do. No, no, no. Simplify it. God wants you to do something very simple and very beautiful. And the reason you're going to want to write it down simply is so that you can share what God is calling you to do. So think about the things God is calling you to do in the parish, one to two sentences. And and if you don't know, if you don't have any idea at this point, take it to prayer. Just tell God, <laughs> tell him that, look, I have no idea, Lord, what you're doing. That was... Uh, that full honesty, that was my prayer before I went to college. <laughs> I said, Lord, I have I have no idea where you want me to go. I have no idea what you want me to do. And uh, he sent a very clear sign to me that, that got me to the college I was supposed to go to, got my theology degree and all that stuff. Um, but ask for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Ask him to tell you. Ask him to tell you what, what he wants you to do. And and he will be faithful. Like, he will give you an answer. And and finally, read Read your Bible. <laughs> Read your Bible. Just soak yourself in the scriptures. I can't even tell you, um, when I didn't know what I was supposed to do, it, it was in the habit of my normal routine of praying with scripture that a word from the Lord would pierce my heart and I would have clarity. And it might not be immediate, but I would eventually reach some kind of clarity or at least peace where I knew I believe God is calling us to go this way. So, Try to figure that out. At least start praying about it if you don't have that clear image, that clear vision, what God is calling you to do, what that clear mission that he's put on your heart. Take some time to discern that and then just practice writing it down. You know, find a nice, simple way to tell people what God is calling you to do. Yeah, I, here's what I would say and here's what I would do and here's what I did. Um, I almost left the Catholic Church or uh, I say almost. I considered leaving the Catholic Church because of the couple a couple of girls that I were dating uh, really questioned my faith and I had no answer. So I actually went to adoration. So that would be my tip. Get your butt in front of the blessed sacrament in front of Jesus Christ himself and ask him, what do you want from me? (laughs) Do you want me to do this? Right. My question to him was very blunt. Do you want me to leave the Catholic church? And the feeling that he had, had given me that he put on my heart was defend my church. That's it. Defend my church. Three words. And I knew exactly what he meant, right? You, all of these people are asking questions about my church and you can't answer. You're calling yourself one of my followers. You're calling yourself a Catholic. You don't even know what the Catholic church does. You can't answer basic apologetic issues. So guess what I did? I started reading the Bible more. I started reading apologetical books. I think you gave me one from Peter Kreef. Um, that I started reading. So do yourself a favor, get to the Adoration Chapel. If you're blessed enough to have one in your community, utilize it. Spend an hour there. Pray a rosary. Whatever. Sit there in silence. I don't really care. It is amazing what can happen when you're sitting in front of Jesus and just listening. Because I think sometimes, too, we pray and we talk. All we do is talk, 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 talk. And we don't allow God to speak into our hearts. So that would be my suggestion to ramp it up. If you can't get there, you know, 
falling on your knees at the end of your bed is good too. But man, if I can get in front of Jesus and get the answers, I'm getting there. Absolutely. And I would say too, especially if you work in a, ch- if you work at a church, <laughs> you don't have any excuse. <laughs> Take 10, 15 minutes every day. Just go over there. Make that one of your, make that one of your daily tasks. You got to go be with yep. Jesus. You got to be with Jesus. And all the great spiritual writers that have come before us have said that one thing. It is Jesus that is the source. And if you are not tapped into that, your ministry is going to dry up and die. And that's what leads to things like burnout. Okay? So, amen. Go be with Jesus. Yeah, do that. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show. And if you found today's show helpful, share it with a friend in Catholic ministry. And also, if you got some time, leave us a five-star review. If it was helpful, that helps other people to find it. Um, Visit the website at catholicministryprofessionals.com. And if you want to give us feedback or share a story, you'll be able to do that through the website as well. That's catholicministryprofessionals.com. We'll see you in the vineyard.